0: Hello and welcome to Talking in Stations. I am your host, Artemis Albosa. I'm also the CEO here at Talking in Stations. Joining me today, after a little while away, we have Matterall. Hello there. Welcome, Matterall. Also joining us, we have Lady Scarlett from NCdot.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And as well as Araya. And Araya, you are a relatively unknown figure to our audience, more than likely. Could you give them a bit of an introduction? Uh, hello, good morning, good afternoon. My name is Roya. I am a
2: member of the Imperium. You may have seen me on Talking Station's Discord,
0: and where I help run the community team. Indeed. And last but certainly not least, on the show with us today, we have Kaznir, a name potentially unfamiliar with you if you aren't in the CSM circuit or within the Imperium itself. He's a member of the CSM for the Imperium, as well as, as I understand it, having a huge hand in some of the ongoing affairs. those affairs Hi, being. Oh, yeah, thank you. Please say hello. Hello, everyone. So you might have heard or seen headlines that the CEO of the Imperium, known as the Mitanni, has resigned. Kazanir, if you would, what happened? I don't really know where to start, as a matter of fact. So
3: essentially, what has happened is about a week ago, there was what turned out to be a couple of complaints that it looked initially on inspection. It got brought up that there were a couple of complaints that it seemed like had gone unhandled for a long time, where there was some interpersonal conflict within the alliance. Uh, In the course of responding to those, uh, uh, Mittens essentially screwed up big time, right? He said a bunch of stuff that was offensive and banned one of the people involved that was one of the complainers. At the time, I think we probably understood maybe 25% of what had happened there. But that essentially overnight caused a small group of people within the Alliance to plan to schism. There was someone overnight who stole a bunch of money. It started causing a bunch of drama. There was a lot of shit posting. And a lot of people were, were very upset right within, I think, a matter of a couple of days. I don't have the full timeline straight. I've been really busy. The logs of that had leaked right to the wider Alliance and then onto Reddit. And people got quite upset, right? Because some of the stuff he said was totally inappropriate. People didn't like seeing that. And that, so it sort of snowballed from there. At some point, we started seeing a lot of other stuff from, from Mittens's past, especially his real life getting dragged out onto Reddit. That continued to snowball until Friday morning. We saw some stuff, which I don't know if it has even hit the, the public, that was really like off the wall unhinged. And we started to see people get, you know, get threats at their real life jobs. We had at least one director had someone attempt to reset their password. On one of their email addresses for their real life accounts, it was really quite quite out there, right? And so he made the decision Friday morning to to resign, right? To say, you know, I this is not, you know, it wasn't working essentially, and so he decided to move on. He's had a long run, right? And decided to leave the alliance in the hands of his leadership team and wish the best of his people. And so that's where we are today. I think that's about the the three minute summary. I've left a lot out, right? What we have been working on for about a week, really ever since those events, is trying to come up with a policy response that that tells the Imperium that really this is not how things are supposed to work, and not how things do work, right? That so that we've been laboring on that. We presented a draft of that policy to our corporate leadership, right—the leadership of all the the CEOs of the member corps within Goonswarm Federation—and to some of our allied leaders. Uh yesterday morning after about a 24 hour review period. So that's a, a sort of anti-harassment policy and it contains a plan for a new moderation team that's independent of the Alliance's leadership to as much of an extent as we can make it, right? Composed of people who are, a couple are on the leadership team now, but most are drawn from recommendations from corporate leadership within the Alliance and are sort of essentially line members, right? People who are not a director right now, don't have a giant space job but who we feel like can provide feedback and handle complaints of this, this sort of nature, right? What we've tried to do is essentially inside of, of <clears throat> I, I would say business days here, but they're not business days, inside of about a week, stand up a whole anti-abuse and harassment policy and a, a team to work on that and, and given them wide latitude as far as how they're going to act, right? So that's what I've been busy with. I know there, there's a bunch of topics on this show about about MITani and what the future of space politics is. I'd love to talk all of that. That too, right. But that's what we have been up to. And we have a, a fireside with our membership later today to talk about all that stuff. They, they've they seen the draft now. It's been up on the, the policy forum for several hours. We're busy answering questions. Like I said, we, we've been doing this discussion all week. We feel like we have it at least a little bit together. We shared that for feedback with a number of parties, a couple of whom are external. I know Lady, Scar- Lady Scarlet has seen that. And I appreciated her feedback. And So, yeah, that's pretty much where we are today. So i can happy to take questions at this point. Why don't we just explore the many topics? I don't know if you have an order. There's a lot here.
0: There are indeed. Before we jump straight into that, I'd like to get a perspective from Lady Scarlet. Just to see how you're taking the developments that have happened. Is there anything that jumps out to you as something that should really not go unnoticed?
1: Well, you know, looking at first, I want to say I was really privileged that they actually trusted me to take a look at this. This is not something you would normally see between two enemy coalitions or enemy alliances. So for that, I was really humbled that they actually trusted me in order to read this. The first thing that I would I would note is. Looking over their policy, this, this policy is better than some business policies I've seen in their HR department for handling things. So one of the things that stuck out the most was they're developing a form that their members can submit a complaint in private. So the person who is sending it will be known to the team, but they're not going to be known to the general membership who's complaining or who they're complaining about, right? And that team is going to be able to take that information and discuss amongst themselves, you know, the importance of this particular topic and be able to make a decision based upon. Of, of what they decide together right it's not just being put on one person so sometimes when you put it on one person that person lacks time because they're running other parts of the alliance or they're seeing, or, or whatever the case may be right so I, I really like the process that they're doing here in order to make things better
0: right on Aurea. i want to bring you in here you're a member of the Imperium. I'm not sure to what extent you've had your hands in developing this, but as you're hearing about all the things that have come to light, all the actions that are happening as a result, what's your perspective? Thank you for asking. I, I do want to echo what Lady Scarlett said. I think it's great that... Uh...
2: She was included in the review of this document. Harassment and interpersonal issues is not something that's restricted to an area of the game you play in. It's not a null sec problem or a wormhole problem. It's not even a problem that's associated with a certain tribe, corporation, or alliance. Harassment can occur everywhere in the game. And reaching out to respected and reputable members of the community, so like Lady Scarlet, I think was a really good move. I liked seeing that. I'm really eager to see what the policy looks like when it comes out. Um, a lot of what we do in EVE is, is we imitate good ideas. We see it a lot in fleet doctrines. Someone comes up with a, a fleet doctrine. It works really well. All of a sudden, everyone else is starting to use that doctrine. One of the things Goonswarm has excelled in, and I've noticed as part of the Imperium, is Goonswarm comes up with some really comprehensive and effective policies that other groups may be interested in looking at and adopting as part of their own policy.
0: Right on, for sure. I know a lot of the times there is. The, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is Rorquals Online, where invented in the Imperium and then spread to the rest of Eve to, to detrimental effects, in my own opinion, but I'll step off my soapbox. All right, Matterall. There I are some to... better things than Rorquals copied, okay? <laughs> for sure, no, for sure. It's just the, the top one at the mind. Yeah, and I mean, I no, don't. Signed, uh... Go ahead, by all means, Kaznir. I was going to
3: say, I don't necessarily see this as like a metagame innovation necessarily, right? But it's needed in the same way, right? People have obviously been playing EVE Online successfully without these sort of policies, but we're seeing our own organization, right? This was actually not an instance of hostile versus friendly. It was an internal thing that caused this this affair, right? And we needed to develop a policy to handle our organization going forward because of internal interpersonal conflict. And that's just the reality. When you have a certain scale of people, you know, I see a number of people over in the chat talking about how oh this one, you know, HR, this, uh, and this isn't real life and it should be a video game. And that's true. But for better or worse, this is a video game that simulates human interaction and human motivation in sufficient detail and sufficient fidelity to have these sorts of issues with groups of thousands of people. And so we need to develop something similar. I also, I want to, I got to say, I reject <clears throat> The term HR department, right? Everyone knows the HR department's on the company side, right? We're calling these people the beekeepers, right? This is not human resources. That's not what they do. They have wide latitude to do things an HR department might need to do. But I reject that term. That's not how we're structuring it. That's not, you know, they're not run by the CFO of the company. They're not run by the CEO. It's not that kind of thing. So,
0: I I love that you you make that distinction there because... I am a member of HR as my profession. So I, I quite, I appreciate the, the discussion around this. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Matterall, I know that I've seen you discussing throughout the various places that we chat about not just how this is pervasive within or how this was a flashpoint within the Imperium for change, but how it could also need to be a flashpoint within the general community or even already has been. You've been around the game for a long time. You've been reporting around the game for a long time. Can you give us a bit of perspective on these sorts of issues that have come up and maybe if this one is different from ones in the past?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, none of this is new. The depth and ferocity of it is, is a little intense, I think. You know, and I would ask everybody else, like, you know, how is this rate on your 1 to 10 scale of... of Wow, this needs to be this fire needs to be put out. Lady Scarlet might have a lot more to say about it since she was actually the target of abuse early on in Eve Online. I I've, I've been under nothing no pressure like she was early on. But yeah, I think this is a I think this is an inflection point. It could be an inflection point that's happening societally and it's seeping into the game, right? Like we've had we've had 5-6 years of in my opinion, some, you know, bad stuff happening in real life, especially in the United States, and that we've seemed to always follow, maybe lack of imagination from leaders and EVE Online, but we seem to follow what society does. And it's, it's now self-regulating. This is, this to me feels like a pathogen coming in to wipe out something that's overgrown, and abuse is overgrown in the last few years. And now, you know, we're seeing we're seeing an undercurrent that's coming to correct, to correct the balance.
0: All right. And as uh, a yeah, strong force in that undercurrent, Cosnier, let's walk through, like, you mentioned a few things about the beekeeper squad, about a new policy that's being outlined. Are there any particular details that you are super excited about?
3: I don't, I don't know if I want to say excited about anything that happened this week. Unfortunately. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. What I think, I mean, what what, I guess the thing I will say that was positive was that we appear to have the full backing of our corporate leadership, right? I I can't leak the log, right? It's OPSEC. But when when we asked, when the the new CEO of Goonfleet asked, you know, will everyone support this? I have a long old log of of all of our corporate leadership saying some form of yes. And that was heartwarming, as a matter of fact, right, to get buy-in honestly that quickly. Because, you know, we're going to need it to get to get this. Not only, I, you know, I told them I don't want a single member corp to walk over this. Right. But more importantly, we need their their backing. We need their buy in. We need them to support people if they have to have a complaint. We need their support if there's some edge case that the policy doesn't handle. We need their support in picking people. That was one of the, the biggest engagements we had with them was looking for people that we can bring on this team and that we feel like have enough you know, good judgment and patience and context and ability to talk to different parties, right? This is a huge organization. And all of a sudden we had a really numerically minor, but culturally major sort of schism, right? And we're trying to heal that in a relatively short time because we know that our enemies could be back on our doorstep any other week. And so that's a difficult challenge for anyone to take on. I'm impressed with the number of volunteers we've had and with the quality of them. So I'm excited to see what happens, you know, not not that what their job is a fun one, right? But I guess I, the other thing that excites me is that part of the policy is we've given them wide latitude, right, to set what they do. We haven't said like, here's this and here's the penalties and all that sort of stuff. None of that. Right. What we have done is say that not only do they have immigration enforcement—that's you know the ability to ban or blacklist someone, the ultimate hammer—but they have the ability to require what I'm calling specific performance. This is a the, the term that's in the news a little bit lately. They you know ask people to do something, whether that's you know pay a fine or you know, make, you know send an apology, right, or do do something to. You know work towards conflict resolution or reconciliation i don't necessarily know what that's going to entail right my job in this game is to to pay the bills and help run the alliance and to tell ccp what they're doing wrong now as of a few weeks ago right it's not to decide these things but so we're putting a different group of people in, in charge and we'll see what they come up with and i'm looking forward to that because there there's such a wide spectrum of stuff there's stuff, stuff that's just going to be easy where it's like ah you know gamer word blacklisted right But there's some stuff where it really is about conflict resolution and you have stuff where you want to prevent a rift from growing that six months down the line might be not healable. Right. But you need to do something up front so that your organization can thrive and, and that people can can mend fences when it's not that bad of a deal. So I guess I am looking forward to seeing if that can happen and if we're successful with that.
0: Can you clarify for me real quick? Because I'm seeing some confusing discussion. Is this the rebuilding of an existing department? Or like did this not exist before and we're building something from the ground up? That's right, this is ground up. So we had an existing
3: live services moderation team We're expanding that a little bit to deal with the sort of live problems. But this team did not previously exist. We had, and that was part of the, I didn't go into this level of detail, but part of the unhandled complaints that started this story was that complaints of this nature would go to the same person who was responsible for complaints about in-game rule breaking, right? And it was just one person. And that that was a process that did not scale. And we saw some of the consequences of that here. So now this is a totally new team. The initial staff are. Three people who are currently directors, plus one very senior director. She's mostly retired and is helping in an advisory capacity. But to that, we are immediately adding a, a much longer list of people who were suggested by our, our corporate leadership and have been validated. So, really, the, the, it's, the overwhelming majority is not people who are currently in alliance leadership, if that makes sense. So, yeah, totally new team, totally new process.
0: So are, are these Alliance leadership members, like, being given veto power over decisions of the rest of the group, or they're just another, another nope. vote?
3: Yeah, just another vote. We want some people in there to, to help guide them on how to run any sort of organization, right? But it's, there's no veto point. This is, you know, it's up to them to, to set their own policies, and make their own decisions. That's the idea. And that really, I, I think I characterized it that way, that the harassment post, honestly, is relatively brief there because i said there's not a lot of of specific detail about you know offenses or penalties and that the reason is that the policy we're setting here is to say here is a different group of people it's not going to be some alliance director that's freaking out or or looking at this stuff even it's going to be other people who we have drawn for this purpose to look at these things that's really the core point of the policy is giving them that
0: sort of latitude right fair enough any any comments from the panel here
2: yeah, some questions from chat is, do you think that other groups will uh, adopt a similar policy? And I, I'll give my impression first. Is I, I think groups are going to have to look at this and right size it for their organization. Goonswarm is, is a very large alliance in Eve. We have a lot of alliances that are far smaller and may not be able to adopt this exact model, just due to their size. But they can review it and right size it for their organization. Another question is, uh, if a corp has thousands of players, how big is the team? I have a job where I work that has 14,000 workers. So the question is just how big is the team and I guess how big is Goon Swarm?
3: And I don't know the numbers off the top of my head even. I I mean, so the team we're shooting for is in the small double digits initially, right? It's going to be more than 10 and less than 20, right? I think it's actually shocking to to have the idea that we can stand up a team of that number of people even who are ready to take on something this especially given what we've seen externally like on Reddit stand up a team to try and deal with these sort of things i'm like i said i'm impressed by the quality and the number of volunteers we don't know as far as numbers go we we hope that this is going to be something that sees you know one post a month right in the sort of complaints forum that we have that obviously that may not go that way, right? So I don't have good commentary on whether the numbers will work for us. We're just going to have to see. And we've told our, our corporate leadership will work with them on whether the program overall is working. That's ultimately a decision that belongs to the leaders of all of the corporations within the alliance because they're the keeping their finger on the pulse of how people feel.
0: So the a concern that I've seen raised and mocked to no end is that there, there were factors that led to this resignation, and then there are factors that are just the result of the culture within the Imperium, or the culture within Eve Online, or the culture within gaming. It sounds like we're, we're implementing a team to address specific like outliers in behavior. Is there any consideration being given to this culture, or sort of what's your opinion on that particular perspective?
3: Yeah, this is really more. We'll probably you'll have to listen to fireside leaks for more about this, but yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of our communication strategy change in how we we talk about people, right? we We realized it's pretty easy when you talk about people externally in an extremely negative way to turn to that same sort of language internally, and that's exactly what caused this, like I said, numerically minor but culturally major schism. And we can't we can't have that, right? We can't have leaders who are causing that, right? I, I was asked by a longtime old court member of mine, long since retired now, how, you know, he, he said a few days ago, you know, this smells bad. What, what keeps you engaged with this? And I said, well, you know, to some extent, this is not a new situation, right? If any, any autocrat running a space alliance had been making decisions the, the way we saw Mittens make them for a few hours on Saturday, you know, we would never have gotten out of the two star systems that we owned when I joined the alliance 12 years ago back in Declan right? So my whole career is a process of trying to tell leadership when they need to improve and making that happen. So I've seen this happen a number of times. This has been a particularly challenging week at the office, right? But that always is the process of organizing ourselves. And that's what we're trying to do here, right? So yeah, I think you will see some of the communication stuff certainly change. There's going to be a lot less eat my ass. at, At the same time, I don't, it's also about the policy, right? It's about separating out alliance leadership that is doing, they have a job of fighting wars and winning in EVE Online, right? That's their role is to deliver victory to the Imperium and safety to our membership, right? They're, They're not supposed to be doing a job like this, which is how do we preserve our culture and preserve safety for everyone within the Imperium to be able to play together and resolve conflicts and stuff like that. Right. And that's so, does that make sense that those are both, they're obviously related, but also distinct. I'm
0: totally not tracking chat questions. You're going to have to help me out. That's all right. It seems like the, the chat is rather sidetracked with what's going on in our slash Eve, which has a lot of shit posting and not much information. Oh, oh good.
3: Yes, that, it's been like that. I have to admit, I have not looked in detail at a lot of the threads. I did manage to get to a funny reply out in in response to one of the schism leaders yesterday and then he deleted the comment i replied to which was sort of sad because i made a really good joke about myself you can't win them all i suppose
4: i'm sorry did, did i hear that right is there a, there a schism leader
3: i didn't know i that. i mean there are a number of it, it there are a number of ringleaders of, of what i will call the the intense posting right i can't You know, I don't want to necessarily tar any specific person with all of the stuff that has happened, right? We, you know, the people who originally schismed have denied a number of the things that we're seeing externally, right? I don't know for sure, but of course there are, uh, there were a couple people who were quite incensed, right? The, and one person, like I said, Sunday morning when I had woken, woken up, there was one person in particular who had, was holding a large amount of money from an investment fund and, and was essentially saying he was going to leave and take all of that. And that, that was the kickoff, right? So, yeah. So, who
4: was that? I mean, how, who was that? How did that happen?
3: Well, it was some. Um, I don't want to actually put a target on this person's back. It's very easy to find out. It's an in-game target, though. Yeah, well, I mean, to some extent. You know, this is not the path I want to go down. Let's put it that way, right? We don't want to be, you know, getting into us and them, right? We would love to see many of the people who are still with us stay, right? We're trying to make changes so that that can happen, right? But You have a schism
4: Um, leader that took $700 from your guys, and you don't want to name them to protect them?
3: You know... (sighs) I have seen a lot of bad stuff on the internet this week, my friends. Just this
0: week. <laughs> okay, let's let's get back on track. I have a, a question little bit here, shall we go ahead, Lady Scarlet?
1: So, for the outsider looking in, what would you say the average age of a Goon member is or Imperium member? I don't want to just, you know, point at Goon. You know, is it 18 or over? Is it open to younger people? These are the people that are within your community who are also subject to some of the things that have been going on. So is there any you know, information that you can give us as far as are we talking about all adults or when you do your recruitment, do you have a like an age limit?
3: No, no, there's I, I think the recruitment is so at the corporate level in general that there's no set policy, right? Member corps have, have sort of varying Pastiches of ages. You know, we had a corp recently join that's all Auburn fans. As a matter of fact, love those guys. Of course, they don't love the Bama fans in the alliance. But they, really, there's all kinds. There's all different languages. We're so large that I don't think there's there's any sort of decent guide, right? I think a lot of us tend to be older these days, right, than than ten or fifteen years ago. But I think that also applies to Eve generally. So I can't really say if there there's any sort of good guide to that.
1: Thank you.
2: Yeah, my, my observation in Imperium, it, the range is, is great. I mean, there's people over 60 and there are minors, people under 18. It, Sometimes it, leading fleets. Really is a large range.
4: Yeah, that's what, Sometimes I, leading fleets. what I love about Eve is a 14-year-old can yell at like a 50-year-old, get in line. You don't find that anywhere else.
1: Yeah, I was just curious because, like, for our alliance, we try to push 18 and over, right? Because of some of the things that are said or done or linked or whatever, you know, but now we're talking about a massive size group and who may not have those policies, but yet we may have 13, 16, you know, 17-year-olds that are being subject to some of the things that are going on.
0: I think that a question at the top of my mind is... Not necessarily age in life, but age in game. We know that EVE's culture, like of the player best as a whole, has changed dramatically over the years. The members of leadership, the members of this new moderation team, are they like the EVE old guard, the bitter vets if you will? Or is it made up of a lot of newer players who are still fresh to the game, or don't necessarily have those deep roots in the origins of Goonswarm?
3: I don't have a good answer to a, a one or the other. What I have tried to, to do is look for diversity in every aspect that I can, right? You know, that, that can be some of the stuff that we understand under corporate diversity, right? But it is, it also applies to the stuff you're talking about within EVE Online. We want both people who are, you know, have been around a long time, might be relatively jaded, right? We also want people who are, are relatively fresh that maybe have only been around a year or two and enough to see some stuff. Uh, but but haven't seen all of the crap that, that, you know, all the way back into Eve's history so that they can still be shocked by things that are bad, right? I think that's an important element too. So I don't, I don't think there's any one thing that we're looking for. What I have tried to do and what we have tried to do is look for a way to cover all of our bases. As I said, there is a bit of a cultural schism and we're trying to do our best to see that that can, can be healed and can stay together, but that requires a diversity of viewpoint and opinion. Part of, like I said, what we're promising to the line membership with this policy is that this whole group of people will get to see your issue if you have a complaint, right? And so, in by making that promise, we need to have the right group of people, and part of that is making it diverse enough so that you know there's enough people on there who are going to get you when you go and say something.
0: Understood. Do we have any other final thoughts on this proposal for the new policy and the new beekeeper team? There's a question from chat. And the question really revolves
2: around, I guess, the audience for this group. It, can out-of-coalition players in EVE Online submit cases to this, to this team, this beekeeper team? Or is it this, only for internal?
3: This is intended to be internal, right? This is cleaning up our own house. I think all, all of the external communication stuff, right? Of course, that, that is happening on platforms we don't control in the first place, right? so it's not something that they could deal with right if there's something egregious that that really is something that we think should go through a diplomat right this is still eve right there's still a lot of hostiles everyone has a motivation to to talk trash as it were that might not be correct right that that's what what eve's existing power structures are for right this is intended to clean
0: up our own house primarily if if systemic and serious issues like we're dealing with here have occurred in-house, is it reasonable to assume that there are appropriate measures to deal with them outside of house? And I think this is a good point to shift our focus to the ongoing discussion of, like, does the EVE Online EULA or Terms of Service need to be updated since it last was changed? If we're seeing these kinds of things take place and it's being left up to players and leadership who necessarily weren't up to the task, does CCP need to take a heavier hand or a different stance when addressing this sort of behavior? I think it's a good question. If you look at the terms of service, it was last
2: revised in September of 2013, which is almost nine years ago. And it really specifically talks about harassment in-game or on their website. Well, in the last nine years, even CCP has extended into the social media circles. They're active on Reddit. They have their own Discord server. Maybe that terms of service is a little older. The EULA is a little newer, revised in 2018, so maybe about four years ago. I think there is an element of reporting harassment to CCP, but at the same time, CCP cannot be the end-all, be-all police for harassment because harassment can extend outside a game in, in different areas it could extend in real life
3: yeah i mean I think, so uh, i i want to clarify i think w- if there is some issue where anyone in the imperium is actually is harassing someone right i'm not talking you know standard eve shit talk but real real harassment that uh, please contact an imperium diplomat to date right we will what, deal what with is, that what
4: is what is real harassment uh, just to distinguish it from in-game harassment
3: Well, that's something that I intend to rely on a team of people to decide for me rather than deciding myself, right? But I would say someone insulting you in local... A lot of people insult people in local, but if an Imperium member is is coming at you, right, if they're following you on a forum, you know, with comment after comment, right, if you block them on one platform and they go after you on some other platform, there are things that are quite clearly much more egregious, right? We would be happy to bring the hammer down on people who are behaving in that sort of way that that's something that if it has, you know, taken place. In, in that sort of way, that's absolutely going to change, right? I think you'll also see a broader cultural shift in how we communicate and talk about hostels, right? That can take longer. You know, we'll just have to see, but, but definitely uh, the invitation is open. If, there, if you have a problem with an Imperium member, please contact a diplomat.
4: Well, how much transparency will there be to that council that will decide what crosses the line? I think that's an important area to focus on because there's definitely a spectrum there. Not that you can uh, define it today, but how much visibility yeah. is there into that process?
3: None, none. So the, it's private, right? Because we have to give these people latitude to evaluate complaints privately, right? They can't publish are any they, of that the stuff. Names, that's,
4: are the names of those people at least public, so people know yes. whose
3: mm-hmm. ethics?
4: Okay. Yes, so, absolutely. So rely on the, the ethics of the people who are
3: listed. Yeah, that's right. These
4: are adults. Okay.
3: Yeah. So and who, the, who are uh, who are those people? So the initial list there, we only have the names of the directors. There's a whole other list of candidates that I have, which have not been completely validated. We haven't finished interviewing them and so on. Right. So the names I can give you are Jay Amazingness, Emily Fire Angel and Saxon and Marana Bellari is helping. And at advisory capacity, she told me she's too retired to formally commit, but will help me. So I'm, I'm very pleased with their help. And I'm, like I said, even more happy with the, the kind of volunteers that, that we've gotten. I don't want to put their names out there. But yes, the attended structure is that their names are public, right? But they have wide latitude to make their own decisions. If there needs to be some sort of accountability, right, the server's IT administrators ultimately do have access to that information. There is a total of five of them. That, but we, what we intend is for them, they're the, the people backing us up, right? It's their ban hammer that is being used here. It's not the directorate, right? So if there is a problem, we intend for that to be evaluated by the, the whole corporate leadership team. We had a special session of everyone meeting yesterday, and that's how we would pursue this because this is really a broader sort of policy that isn't about the directorate that decides EVE stuff.
0: I think that definitely having that sort of transparency in names published is important, especially because, like, just in the exit post, Matani made it clear that the reason for him leaving was not necessarily anything he feels that he did or that he's incapable of leading, but the toxicity or the radioactivity of his presence on the Imperium. So I feel like if there are problems going forward, without being able to, for the rest of the community to be able to say, hey, this is a problem, it won't get solved again. all, you were about to say something before I interrupted you.
4: Yeah. A little more on the transparency part of it. So let me understand that you have... You want to change the tone of the Imperium towards the rest of the game, but you want to allow for a certain amount of a give and take in, in local, but you don't want it to cross lines. Those lines... You want to create a group that... Overseas, when those lines are as an acts in a responsible manner, and you have Jay Amazingness and Marana, Oidor, and possibly some other people on there. Is that the gist of it? Is that kind of what you're uh, hoping to construct? Yeah, I think
3: the, the gist is, I, I think... I want to describe it as different from like a moderation team, right? Live moderation is about keeping your services clean, right? Someone who is is causing a problem, right? This is about conflict resolution. It's about ensuring that the line member knows that there's a group of people they can talk to, which isn't just the directorate and isn't just their corp leadership that has a perspective on this stuff, has seen some of these other complaints, right? Has an idea of what else is happening in the alliance and is focused on these things, right? So, and that's what we're, we're promising them is that that will happen, right? And the goal of that is to both, you know, deal with problems more quickly so that there's nothing that can just like have a dropped ball. That was part of what led to the, the, the situation a week ago was a dropped ball, right? To make sure that the communication loop is closed, also to make sure that there is due process, that that when someone is, you know, there is a complaint that the person who is being accused, so to speak, has the opportunity to say their piece. Right. And then to look for whatever needs to happen, whether that's discipline or whether that's some sort of other specific action that could be some sort of mediation, conflict resolution a fine, I don't know, right? We're just going to have to see what's appropriate. There's such a wide range of spectrum of possibilities that we just haven't nailed, put anything down and stuff like that, yeah.
1: So I have a question. So I'm kind of looking through the EVE harassment policy and I'm comparing it to the policy that I have seen from you guys. And some of the harassment section seems quite light compared to the CCP version is this things that you guys just felt were like the most important to put on your policy or do you guys desire to mirror what CCP has put forth as far as considered harassment? I
3: I can't quote CCP's policy off the top of my head so I don't know for sure, right? We tried to keep the the text of the forum post relatively light, it's non-exclusive, right? we tried to give sort of the, there's some bullet points in the post, which I you've seen and really what the bullet points are designed to do is say, here's some very obvious examples of what would qualify. Where here's some very obvious examples of something that's a, like an in-game rule breaking that, that this is not about. Right. So no, not, not exclusive at all necessarily.
1: Right. So I just, I don't know Artemis. I just put what CCP's version of harassment is and the, uh podcast room I don't know if you have a way to show that I
0: see that yes is there a link from where you found that source
1: Yeah, it's in the page that I listed above
0: thank you I will pull that up
1: well there I'm looking at the list you want me to read it
4: out loud or do you want to read it out loud
0: so what we've got on this list we've got verbal abuse abusive messaging real world stalking online stalking social media stalking encouraging or enabling self-harm doxing racism, sexism or hate speech. Yeah, it's this is the classics. All the classics. And just I really want to chime in here from from the HR perspective. It's lovely to hear all the wonderful things my coworkers are probably saying behind my back. It's 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 a good window. In the HR world, we talk a lot about gray space and using personal judgment to make decisions when things get complicated and especially assessing the context. And I think that's where perhaps a breakdown or confusion with the like internal versus external and what is harassment versus what is just smack talk comes in. Like vulgarity is the classic issue where somebody stubs their toe, you say, oh F, that's fine, but if somebody like gets cut off with somebody else's car and then they start cursing them out, that's a very different thing. One is problematic, one necessarily isn't. So I think that's why it's important, the the choice of who these people are. And I'm glad to hear there's a good process going into evaluating whether they're capable of making those kinds of decisions. Because a lot of this, like you can write the best policy you can, there's going to be a lot of interpreting whether that policy applies given the context. And so the people making decisions are often more important than the words on the page itself. Absolutely
3: right. That was our intent.
0: Yep. All right. We've got chat moving 100 miles an hour here. Do you have anything that we feel like it's worth picking out?
4: Now, there's something that was mentioned that dopamine is looking into the situation. I don't know what that means or how current that is. Does anyone else? Dopamine being the community manager, sorry, one of the community managers for CCP. What situation is he looking into? Are they going to update some of their own? What responsibility does CCP as a company have for this game they've created that players use to interact with one another?
0: I think that is I a very that. good question that nobody really has a good answer for at the moment. I mean, no one has a to. good answer because there's no, there's nothing
3: specific here. What is being asked about which situation, right? Like, like you said, what, what, what are we, what are we talking about? Of course, CCP is responsible for a great deal, right? But are they responsible for how players act? Probably not. Big, you know, big sixty thousand foot view, right? They're responsible possibly to do something, depending on where that takes place, but we are responsible for how we act and always have been, right? I would say there are very limited circumstances where I say a player can really blame CCP for something that they chose to do or say, right? So I think it, I think it's a valid discussion to say, what exactly will CCP do? What are they committed to do? What do we need them to do? Or what can they do to help, right? But are you know what are they responsible for? I think we are responsible for these problems. That's my take on that.
4: Yeah, there, there's a tweet from dopamine. I think you had it up, Artemis. It says, uh, "If you
0: want me to characterize it or read it, yes, please. I'm pulling it back up now."
4: Yeah, yeah. CCP dopamine again, a community representative from CCP Games, or it says so. Uh, what you are bringing up is only an element of what we have been discussing internally after some of the disturbing stories that came to light in recent weeks. So it is current. We need to better support players reporting abuse of any kind. We'll share more once plans are solidified better.
0: This, I'm not sure like if I'm just completely off the rail here, but it, it reminds me a lot of the stories I hear about when the government in America started, look at, started looking at regulating video games in general. And then the video game publishers got together and be like, whoa, 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 never mind, we'll handle it. I'm wondering if with CCP being like, hey, we're going to take a harder look at this, other corporations or alliances in game are going to be like, oh, snap, we need to, to clean our stuff up. up or we're yeah. going to lose the ability to do that ourselves.
3: I, let, let me respond to that by saying, I find it, I, I have not seen that sort of comment yet, although maybe after this tweet we will, right? But I have been encouraged by a little bit of the apology tour stuff we're seeing. But, you know, in, in various places that I would call external, right, on something awful, there, there's a number of people coming out. There was a thread on Reddit by the, apparently the founder of Tishu, who I didn't recognize the name of, I wasn't around with a really long post that I greatly enjoyed and I got to the end of it and I got to feel extremely bad. Right. Because at the end of it, he said, you know, we were just trying to be like the cool kids. And when I was growing up in Eve, right in 2014 and 15, that was the CFC. It was test and Boonswarm, Right. And that was my career. Right. I was 2010 to 15 was my big era. I was the, you know, one of the first member corps in Condi. And and I remember honestly, I should tell a big story about this, but I remember sitting there in some of the the squad channels, one of the old squads and test in particular, right, that I idled in even after goons and test broke up in 2012 and 13. And I watched some of those guys just get more and more racist. And I was shocked by it. Right. Because growing up and to that point. You know even up till 2010, there was a lot of like this ironic racism where people are just doing it to be edgy. But all of a sudden I started seeing people who actually thought that crap. right? And I, I I had never seen that before in my life that people actually believed that and were willing to put it on the internet with their friends. And here was a channel of people that some of whom I had known in this video game starting to to believe this stuff, right? So I got to the end uh, of Arson's post and, and I got to feel bad. Right. So I am more encouraged by that stuff than anything that people are going to do out of fear of CCP. I think if we're going to get anywhere, there has to be that type of introspection. Right.
4: Why, why did you feel bad? You were, did you sympathize with him? The guy that, that was putting out a lot of that racist stuff? What?
3: What kind of question is that? Why did now? you f-
4: Why did you feel bad for Lex? I'm, I'm actually I, trying to answer a serious I,
3: question. I, I, I felt bad because I was in leadership of the CFC during Dominion and he cited us and the ironic racism of the time as inspirational to what Tissue became, right? obviously i don't count myself as a participant in that sort of stuff right we did the cultural revolution starting in 2012 or 13 and started to to get rid of that stuff but nevertheless right I, I read his whole apology tour and it was really insightful and then at the end i got to the end and he cited the cfc as an inspiration so that that's why i got to feel bad
4: but why did you hmm. feel bad for him hold, hold on, Matt, or no i, no, I, I didn't, didn't say,
3: say something I, I didn't okay. say bad for him. I mean, I said I felt bad for my part in, in something that he looked at as the cool kids, and then associated with with what they became, and now regret. Right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I think
1: life. it's important to look at this self acknowledgement from these people, right? I'm sorry, I, I had some lag there. So when I look at the like Durher Durher posted yesterday of some stuff that he was reflecting on that I was actually involved in in the beginning of his time. And at first I was like, okay, you know, uh, am I going to have to relive, you know, some of the stuff that went on in the past? But when I started to read through his posts, I actually saw a changed person. And the reason why I saw that changed person is because the things that these people thought were funny back in the day because they were trying to be part of the cool kids, turn around and happen to some of these people out of the game right and they had to some not maybe in Lex's case but in in this person's particular case they, had things done to them outside of the game, which were really, really horrible, right? So now we're looking at a time that people are reflecting. And as I was reading this, I felt bad for him. I didn't feel bad for myself going through what I did. You know, I felt bad for his mother and I felt bad for what he had to go through, right? And so I think this is a learning thing and, and we can have sympathy in, in certain situations, but I think it's more of the acknowledgement that people are growing from this.
4: So, I... Lady Scarlett, you felt bad for Lex Arson?
1: No, I didn't feel bad for Lex. Situation. I felt bad for Durher. If you read his post, which is oh, really, Durher, really Durher. long, you know, people were calling his house outside of game. His mother oh. answered the phone. You know, she yeah. got, you know, the brunt of that conversation, which caused, you know, some some medical issues. Right. And so these are things now he is living through outside of the game, you know, which, you know, kind of centered from the game.
4: Okay. I get it. So you, so you were feeling bad for the guy that got harassed. I I get it. And I understand that. I felt bad
1: for the guy who harassed me because he was getting harassed worse. Himself.
2: Right. And and like Um, I said earlier, we, we have a tendency in Eve to imitate success whether it's fleet doctrines, but whether it's behavior. And I think there's been a this historic tendency to imitate toxic behavior that we think is, you know, helps helps a group become successful. And I think what we're seeing now is, and the hope is that people imitate good behavior or improvement and that improves the community overall.
0: I do I want to say, yeah. Lady Scarlett, Scarlet, that you seem to be a much stronger woman than I because From my perspective on people growing, yes, that's good. It should be encouraged. But an individual growing does not remove the harm that they have done. So I think it's important to draw a line and say somebody can grow, but that doesn't erase the harm that they have done. Oh,
1: definitely. I mean, at that particular point in the game, when I was going through it, I considered quitting Eve. It was really, really bad. Right. But then later on, I dealt with much worse things. You know, somebody hired a a PI to get my real life information to use it against me in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are extremes that people will go, you know. So I, I think we just have to acknowledge, you know, that people can do really bad things and they can grow up. It's what they do forward. Do we forgive all the things people done in the past? Not necessarily. You know, some things you cannot forgive or, or you can forgive, but you don't forget. Let me put it that way. Fair enough.
4: Yeah. And again, I was just trying to get clarity on where is the sympathy? Do you feel bad for people after they have changed? Is there a redemption story that you feel bad for? And Kastner was saying he felt bad for being a part of what people were trying to live up to, I guess. And Lady Scarlet was saying, felt bad for the guy who was abusing me because he was being abused himself. So I just want to make that clear. Those are real, those are real questions.
0: I want to focus in, we brought up the culture again, and I'm glad, Kasnir, you brought up the cultural shift and the cultural revolution from the CFC to the Imperium. Does it? We've mentioned already on the show that that's something you're discussing internally and that it's working through and how you're communicating internally. Does this feel like another cultural revolution similar to that, or is this different and how so? I think, I think the
3: scope ultimately is a little different I don't, I don't know if I would term it a revolution, but a lot will change about how we how we talk about hostels, Right. You're going to hear there's going to be a lot less black shirt, as it were. Right. And I hope that the, if we do need to use insults, that they will be tuned more to what has happened in the game than anything else. Right. There, there's plenty of insults that can be manufactured based on people's game performance and game choices and i think that we'll try and stick a lot more to that right the culture of revolution for the cfc that was a much larger thing and honestly i believe that the imperium does not actually have a systemic problem with this i believe that once we put this team up that the number of complaints will honestly be shockingly light right what we discovered is that we were not up to snuff both in process terms and in you know you know, being able to make commitments that things would be handled to the line membership, right? And we're trying to cover those bases. But I actually believe that the cultural revolution worked because I was here before it, right? I I joined, we joined in 2010, the alliance was much smaller, and it was terrible. And, And I, you know, have been gone for many years and only started playing again in 2020. And it's a totally changed empire. Right, So I, I believe that these things are very necessary. I don't want to downplay the mistakes that brought us here. right? But I don't believe that we have a systemic problem. I think that the Imperium is one of the greatest places there is to play EVE. And I know that, that thousands and thousands of players have had the exact same experience that I did when my corporation trekked through the, the ec Torinos gate, as a bunch of newbies, you know, 12 years ago this month, and that they're going to have a great time playing there, right? I, I regret any time, anything anyone has said that is going to make someone feel like they are unsafe playing with, with members of the Imperium. That, in particular, is what we have got to change, right? Fair enough.
4: I, I mean, and here's a comment. If the Cultural Revolution worked, why are we here today? And that's from, you know, Valamir in chat. And I think it's a very fair question. If if it was an effective cultural shift away from abusive and really bad behavior, which we know exists on the internet, why are we here today?
3: I, I mean, it was about different stuff, right? What did not happen in the Imperium is that we did not have a bunch of people actually turn out racist, right and that is what happened in a lot of other gaming communities around that time period right that's what i was referring to mentioning zulu squad although i feel bad citing their name right that this is the period that led up to GamerGate. right and has led to the period in real life that that matter all is talking about where politics has shifted and suddenly some of these racists are out in open politics in a way that they were not right That is what the Cultural Revolution prevented within the CFC and the Imperium is we got rid of anyone who was possibly like that right away and just brought the hammer down on all that crap, right? Of course, what did not change is that we're, you know, the way we talk about hostiles, you know, that mittens didn't change that stuff. It was still eat my ass all the way down. And that worked, right? There, there are some benefits to that approach, right? We're a very difficult enemy to deal with in a situation, in a game that, that was very hostile to us.
4: What do you mean that worked? That we're, you're difficult uh, to deal with?
3: The, there are, when I was growing up in EVE Online, there was a period where no one could do anything in Nulsec if they did not own the largest super capital fleet around, Right. That, that is the EVE Online I grew up in. That It hasn't been that way for really, over, you know, at nearly a decade, right? But there is an element of the shtick that is part of EVE politics, right? And I have seen logs of other hostile leaders talking to each other about the first time they had to speak to the Mitanni. And they, the, the quote I remember is that it's like talking to an effing force of nature, right? That is a thing that is hugely valuable to every member of the Imperium in a game where everyone wants to destroy everything we own and take our stuff. That doesn't mean that I'm justifying the way that it it turns into treating people badly. That's what we've got to fix, right? But there is a reason that Mittens was emperor for 12 years. And a reason that we were successful in a situation where if you look at the the meta of the game and who controlled what and who was rich and who wasn't, we probably should not have been. Right. So there is a real trade-off there.
4: I'm, I'm sorry. Does that, I mean, is that like, it was effective. So we let it go too long and now we need a change.
3: I mean, it, it's a trade-off, right? I think like I sort of was alluding to earlier, if, you, if, if Mittens had always been making decisions in a way that got him into the sort of trouble he landed in this week with that stuff last weekend, you would not have seen Goon Swarm operate this way, right? At the same time, the fact that he was, you know, occasionally going to make a mistake like that is tied up with the fact that to our enemies, he is a force of nature, right? Who was able to construct something that, that was, seemed impossible at the time and still seems impossible now looking back on it. Right.
4: Well, the thing is, I don't think it's just this last two weeks that he misbehaved, right? Like his rhetoric got him in trouble. They got leaked. I mean, I I've did shows on the language of leadership and we went through it and stuff and it's throughout the war. Anytime it gets tense, people up the rhetoric and there's example, 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 after example, after example, all the way down to T20 and some of the attacks on CCP, where a lot of that those tactics or that leadership or that language was working for you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think that, I mean, history changes a lot, right? I think like, you know, people age, right. 15 years ago, you're in a situation where you've never played a game like this before and all of a sudden one of the developers is cheating and, and that's, you know, this is something you care about quite a lot. That's how they design the game. I don't know how I would have reacted in that situation, right? Obviously, you know, going 15 years forward, things look a little different now. And I know, you I know, I don't want to. So I, I guess what I want to see is what you can conclude pretty reasonably is, is that this is not how the Imperium is internally, right? And that it has been effective at, at helping us defend ourselves, but, but that we do have regrets about the external language and want to ratchet that back, right?
4: Well, but the thing is, you know, you're, when we started the show, you told us what was going on, and you said some guy stole seven hundred billion isk from everybody, and you have an internal schism going on. And so it just looks like an, an internal fight, a breakup that's going on. But your rhetoric now is saying like we want to change the way we approach everybody else, which is totally welcomed and something we want to support and have other people support as well. Mm-hmm. But those aren't those two things don't go together. Are you trying to fix yourselves?
3: And keep I think, yourselves together, well, or you- let me, I guess I can give a more nuanced version, right? we think mm-hmm. that the, the situation, the, right? The autocrat screwing up is the risk of any autocracy, right? So we need to, to be in a situation where we can prevent that. And we were not effective at doing that here, right? There are a number of people who could have stopped mittens from making those mistakes right? They failed to do that, right? We need a better process to do that for whoever is next, for whatever situation happens next that might overcome their good judgment, right? Or put yeah. them in a situation where they can't make a good decision, right? Did any well, of
4: those people resign too? I heard, I heard someone uh, did.
3: So we, so they're, he a, a nominate, a former CSM member, was a server administrator, and he was the person who was responsible for what we call goon-fucking affairs, which is, you know, rule-breaking bla- complaints in-game, right? Therefore, he was the person who received... Uh, in, internally, of, though. Internally, Just right, to be yeah. specific,
4: internally, among your guys, not among yeah. external people.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so he happened to be the person that received a couple of these complaints that it it was alleged were were not handled correctly. Right. In the wake of that, he decided that he did not want to be responsible for anything player facing anymore and wanted to resign from both that job and not be involved with any of this. And so that has taken place also. But that largely was, you know, both we're, were separating these things completely. Rule breaking in the game for our alliance policies is not at all the same as harassment. Right. And, and he decided he just didn't want to be involved with anything player facing in the future. So I guess my comment was more general and I have to answer no. Right. The, the directorate is actually quite large. I blame all of them equally myself foremost for failing to prevent that.
0: I think if if I were to try to characterize in short, the, the Cultural Revolution meant so that the the imperial at large didn't have this toxic culture anymore. But there were still those in power who abused it, and there were still exceptions or outliers who were able to abuse it due to a lack of enforcement of policies or standards. And so now what we're doing is we're number one, I say we, what you're doing is Making sure that those in power are also held accountable by having the people in charge of this moderation outside of that power structure, outside of the directorate. And then you're also adjusting the way you communicate, the way that reporting happens to to hold internal people accountable and to stop setting a bad example for your members. They don't think that this is okay. Is that like a fair characterization? I think pretty much. Yeah. And I think
3: that the point you mentioned, we haven't specifically gotten into enough, but I am prepared for the day when someone says this person has to lose their director job as a penalty for for whatever the, you know the consequences of some complaint are. We've discussed that extensively, that that's part of the intent is that a real problem character who happens to be useful to the alliance in some fashion can be dealt with. Right. And that it's dealt with by people who have, have context and the
0: tools to do that. So the, the first question on my mind then, like, and obviously we can't predict the decisions that this new group is going to make, if whatever happened with Mitanni was bad enough for him to resign, is it also bad enough for them to decide, like, is this an example that you would give in your policy of something that someone should be removed for? Yeah, I mean, that, that,
3: that is some, the type of thing that they're going to have to handle and decide, right? I don't have an answer to that with a, an issue like that where a leadership member has misbehaved. Obviously, the context is different in the sense that it's much more serious. Right. But the consequences we can apply are also much higher in variety because someone who works for us cares a lot more about what we think potentially than a line member does. So I actually don't anticipate we're gonna have a great deal of difficulty correcting director behavior. In fact, I think it'll be pretty easy to shame them once this gets going. Um, there might be exceptions. Those people end up not directors very, very quickly. That's my take on this.
1: I have a question. Maybe you can answer or, or don't know. So uh, earlier it was brought up about T20 and I really don't wanna focus on him that much, but more of Goonswarm at that time. A lot of them come from the Something Awful forums, which encouraged a lot of the behavior back then. How much would you say now is in goons or Imperium as far as that particular culture? Has there been a lot of shift in corporations and and people who have retired from the game? So would you say it's like a 50-50 or is most of that culture gone? Have you seen I mean, any change in that?
3: Yeah, I, so it's kind of ironic, actually. And this, I will upset a few people by saying this, but some of the people who are part of this schism and, and called Mittens out and created this situation, right, and led to where we are now, have, have been very, very frequent posters, their whole sort of subgroup, their squad within the Alliance in a forum called Hell Dump. And that is a forum that has the exact same name as it had when it was a forum on something awful and is a call-out forum. It's a, thread, it's a forum for flame war threads. And they've been very active in using that forum pretty much any way they can. There was a thread just a couple months ago, just before the CSM season, where they called out Brisk Ball and called him a, a very vulgar thing right in the thread title, trying to you know, create some sort of problem. And there was a little bit of a dust-out, but they've been doing this for months. So as a matter of fact... We recently have seen that change for a long time. That culture really, I don't think, existed internally to us. That was, a, you know, we use that on hostels. But it recently came alive again when a lot of people from pre-2010 came back for the Horn of Gundor. And that, by and large, is who a, a majority of these the very active schismatics are who are posting the most, right? And we're posting in an in an effort to try and sort of cause something somehow caused some drama within the alliance and it, they finally found something totally legitimate to seize on right um so as a matter of fact i think that has changed by the fact that all those people recently were here and very active and now have departed again and we're shutting down the forum named held so... up uh, so that that's kind of a like inside baseball answer to your that's question fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating as a matter of fact yes and the reason why i
1: ask that is because i know recently you guys have had you know an influx of outside groups. We know like the Bastion is merged into you guys and Initiative and others. We know that there's been some corporations that have come from FRT to you guys. And so, you know, these people are like from a whole different background of Eve, right?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, that, I mean, that cultural transition that you're referring to, I feel like by and large took place in 2016 and 17 when I was not playing and the Alliance grew by a, a very large amount, right? I think ever since then, there has not been any sort of dominance of of SES culture, really only was some element of that sort of very flame war call-out heavy. It reintroduced during World War B as we tried to recruit everyone who had ever played with us. Right, And that specifically is who a few of these ringleaders are, and and they use the old playbook. And it turns out the old playbook is kind of effective, and we weren't prepared, right?
4: That's a while so that people who are not up to speed on this. There's a big war. The the Horn of Gundor, you know, it's a takeoff Lord of the Rings, is to call back players, ghosts that have left, to bring them back into the fold to fight this fight. And some of those people came back with the bad habits that you tried to take out with the Cultural Revolution.
3: And listen, specifically and now those are internal yeah. and a number of these people previously had been banned for exactly this type of behavior, you know, up to a decade ago. And we granted them all amnesty during the war, because, of course, when you're facing down the whole rest of the game, any port in a storm. And so now we're, we're paying the price for that, as it turns out. So yeah, better, better not unban them next time, I guess. I don't know, maybe 10 years down the road, someone will make a different decision, and I'll come back and play and curse their name for their bad decisions, because I remember this. I don't really know. We'll see.
4: But Okay, so that's very interesting. You have this group of old players that have come back for the war because you needed them, and now they're causing trouble inside, or a schism inside the group because they actually found something legitimate to jump on.
3: That's... It- it that's is a fascinating class. inter, yeah, fascinating intra organizational story, as a matter of fact, how it went out. Yeah.
4: But there still is some stuff that they were able to grab onto that needs to be cleaned up, and that's what this effort's about.
3: Yeah, right. Like, I mean, sort of like I was alluding to, I have not gone through the whole list, but when we went back into the little, little archaeology, we found a number of attempts to cause a problem, right? And, and it, it, you know, so it's just, you know, waiting for the right opportunity, and, you know, top leadership commits an unforced error or a series of unforced errors. In this case, a very, very serious one with logs that get leaked, that make someone look really bad. That's where you are. So yeah, confluence of interesting factors leading to this.
0: It is incredibly disappointing. Like if I'm understanding this correctly to hear that it, it required a bunch of people who are coming in to troll you to to be pointing out like problems in order for them to get fixed. Am I uh, understanding that right? So I
3: I actually I mean I like I said, I sort of alluded to this about my conversation with a previous court mate. I have a very unique and almost demented perspective on this. Because my whole career has been in Goon Swarm senior leadership, right? I was the first CEO of MemberCorp member corp that got recruited to Condi in 2010, now 12 years ago. I, I ended up in the directory very quickly because there weren't very many member corps. And ever since then, I've been every other day telling Mittens when he is wrong, right? That's a lot of my job. So I have seen, you know, so many dozens of times where we might have made a bad decision and have instead changed something and instead reorganized ourselves. And that is the secret of our success is constantly reorganizing ourselves, right? The secret is not that it's a a dictatorship and Mittens is a super smart guy. The opposite is true. His huge talent, the the talent that I'm most concerned for the next CEO of Goonfleet to have, the next space emperor, is that he was able to listen to people who were smart and make the type of mistake he made last weekend really infrequently, right? That's actually how it worked. And so I've seen this situation. Like I said, this is a particularly challenging week at the office. Don't want to undersell that. But this situation is not new and it will not be new for the directorate going forward if they want to succeed, right? If our alliance turns into something that is, you know, more of a personality cult, I know people are going to laugh at that because how could it be more of one, right? But internally, it really does not work that way. That's not how he ran things. And that's why things have worked the way they have. Right. So obviously he screwed up and here we are. I didn't expect things to happen. You know, what happened Friday, I was not expecting to happen for, may, for many years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, heard, I heard said, there was a
4: lot of shock around it. Yeah.
3: I mean, uh, surprise, certainly. But I, I think I said on Trash Talk last August when, when it, the usual suspects were complaining after the war ended. I said, I'm looking forward to next year. And they said, Why? I said, Well, the map changes every year. Here we are. But uh, let me understand this Did
4: Matani leave because he was being harassed in a personal way, which was beyond the limits? Or did he leave because he mishandled the situation? Or he and a nominate mishandled the situation? Like, was it internal or was it external?
3: I mean, so internally, internally, several days before what you have on the text of the broadcast, he posted an apology about his his bad handling of that situation, right, and said he shouldn't have done it. I I thought it it was a decent apology, right? I don't have the text to hand. I think it's not that important. But that that happened separately, right? Then what we said, and roughly about that time was the time we saw the first attempt of some unknown party to, uh, you know, essentially engineer access to the email of a director within Goonswarm, right? And at that point we realized things were about to get quite unhinged, right? That was, I think probably Tuesday, right? And by Friday things had reached an unhinged level where he had decided that it was never going to stop. There was no way to defend himself from the things he thought he deserved defenses for, right? Some of these allegations that are not true, and so he just decided that, that it wasn't, it wasn't working and to be done with it. Right. So I don't want to speak for him further than that. Right. I've known him a long time, but I think what, what is quoted there in the director bot message is accurate. Right.
4: It would be so interesting if somebody, whoever writes, you know, I'll just throw Vince in here. Vince sends his regards after all this, because it sounds like it could be engineered now from, it sounds like from some of the things that you're saying.
3: I mean, it certainly, somebody there were, discuss- <laughs> I, I know, I don't think anyone discussed this at a barbecue, if that's what you're about to say. Right. <laughs> uh, I, you know, nothing like that. I uh, yeah, certainly, the uh, yeah, there are certainly, like I said, there's a few of these, The few of the people I'm calling schismatics were looking for a fight at least. Right. I don't know if they had a specific goal. Certainly. I don't think anyone sat down and said, we're going to get the Mitanni. Right because it it seems inconceivable a week ago that that would happen, right? He had to to make a mistake and and sort of fall off the horse in order for that to even be possible. But yeah, there there are always actors in EVE Online who want something that you are not aware that they want. And we had a few of them.
0: Right on. Do we have any final thoughts on the policy or the situation? We've been going for quite a while here. I appreciate everybody. I do see some Uh, discussion in the chat real quick, Madderal, about the Matani like, fake leading. We see this whenever there is an accusation of somebody stepping down or somebody getting banned, that they're oh, just no. going to come yeah. back under a ghost. I Go ahead.
4: I, I just can't imagine that Matani would be involved anymore. I think he, this is just from a perspective of actually knowing him and just the political Thing. So I'm an outsider saying this, but I can't see any, there could be visitations and stuff like that, but I don't see any way that someone that has really carried that position for that long, being some kind of stealth leader, I mean, that's, I'm sure he steps away from EVE Online and visits every once in a while. Like that's, I, and the Lady Scarlet, you know, people who have kind of hung on to lead groups when they weren't really playing that much. Right. What's that? What happens when somebody?
1: So, so I can just say, you know, from my experience as as a leader, and just seeing how other people play, and knowing how, from the outside, that Mittens does things. You know, this is a person who lives on Twitch. This is a person who likes to be in front of people. You know, he was on the Meta Show. You you have a certain type of personality that. It, it would be very, very difficult to just get a no-name tune and try to play and, and lead from the background, right? Because... Hey, that's a sister or whatever? <laughs> I, I mean, you're just, you know, you're just going to have a lot to say or disagree with or whatever, and he's just not that kind of person, right?
3: I mean, should so, I... Should I leak that? I mean, it's not like we didn't talk about possibility like this. We talk about every possibility. I think that our our running pool had it that he would have made it approximately nine or ten days before something Ooh. leaked, proving that this wasn't the case, right? So, no, Matterall has it right. But I can promise you this. If Mitanni is involved, he'll send you his regards. <laughs> All right, fair enough.
4: Yeah, I, I have I have my final thoughts, but... You don't have to hear him. We can, I can just do a write-up or a story or something.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. With, with a story of this magnitude, and specifically with a story where you're dealing with lots of allegations and lots of people who don't want to say anything or people who are incentivized to say things that aren't necessarily true, there are going to be lots of perspectives and lots of misinformation. So just a general PSA, read lots of sources, think critically and suspiciously about all of them and don't get angry and spew hate at people because that is absolutely inappropriate. All right. Well, very much. I appreciate everybody here joining us today. I'm sorry. Let me, let me
4: just interrupt you on this one point, because I promised that I would, I would say this. And that is that I, I don't know if it's not obvious, but it should be obvious that when you are crossing into people's personal life. You are getting away from the game, and now you are doing stuff that can get you into real trouble with real authorities. And so you shouldn't really mess with anybody's workplace. You shouldn't mess, not, not really, you should not mess with anybody's workplace. You shouldn't mess with their family or their personal life. At that point, you have gone too far, and that should just be clear. And exactly. I think
2: that's the part that bothers me the most about this. We saw the post on Reddit that somebody contacted Brist's employment, and I I got a chance to listen to him on Rampage Incorporated stream Friday. And the part that bothered me more about it was that he almost seems used to it. And it really shouldn't be that way. People sending things to his house, people calling his wife's place of employment. This is just behavior that really universally should be unacceptable. And i, I, I it's really disheartening well, to see the community it, do that. It I should have been unacceptable sort of Facebook, before this. It should be. I see Facebook posts of individuals and family members and their community and their neighbors. That also, whether you think the person is a bad person or not, that is still all unacceptable. And I really would love this the community to really take a harder look at our, our own friends and colleagues and say, no, this is not okay. And just be more vocal about that.
0: In terms of being vocal, I know Lady Scarlet shared a lot of, and Roba as well, shared a lot of resources internally within TIS on if you know that these events are taking place, how can you report them to real life authorities? So number one, if you have been a victim of any sort of harassment in this case, reach out to your organization. It sounds like the Imperium has a new group of folks who would love to hear from you. But then also know that there are resources in real life because this is a real problem. And I'll see if we can't get those posted somewhere to be more accessible as well. Yeah,
2: we'll post some links over in our Discord
0: of resources, not just U.S.
2: resources, but other countries as well that you can, players can reach out to for dealing with more of the severe cases of harassment, things that need to be taken care of by entities
0: outside the game. Awesome. So Matterall gave us his final thoughts. Area, do you have anything for us? Oh, that, that was pretty much it for me. That's the, that's the part that I
2: think bothers me the most about all of this is, is the extent of this this real-life engagement. And, and I, I don't see the... We have some really positive things in our community. So I don't want to say the community is trash or anything. We have some really positive things. We do great work with Plex for Good. We help each other when we need it, Sino Vigils. But I, I do... I do think this behavior needs to be stamped out in our community and CSP can't do it for us. I think the community has to you know, look around when you see people doing things or joking about things that are not cool, instead of ignoring it, say, it's not cool.
0: This is wrong. Indeed. Lady Scarlett, any thoughts from you?
1: No, I think you guys have all summed it up for me.
0: All right. And final word on the show, if you will, Kazanir, anything for us? Just really just happy to be here. Take the time to say what we have to say. Like I said, I, I've been in this
3: Imperium before it had that name for a long, long time. They, I have always loved how they treated my people, right? And I regret any time anyone has said anything that would make anyone feel like they are not going to be safe and happy playing EVE Online, right? With us, or or with hostiles, right? If you're in a hostile alliance, I definitely want to blow you up, right? Ruin your game, as the saying goes. But this does not need to to involve, you know, anything that even approaches harassment or abuse or anything like that. That stuff has gotta change wherever it has existed. So I, you know, we regret that. And because we want everyone to play Eve, because we need a lot more people to shoot. That's what I've got.
0: Awesome. That's a great sentiment to end on. For those of you who are interested in learning more about this subject, of course there are different perspectives and lots of information we didn't cover. We were focusing on where do we go from here but feel free to, to look for other resources if members of the show who are here now have put them out. Other than that, thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Talking Stations. We'll see you again next Sunday.